Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Nicholas and you are listening to Life Between Buildings, a retail placemaking podcast that is from the abeautifulcity.com website. Today I have with me a wonderful person, Louis Puig, place leader at the city of Fremantle. I did have some microphone problems only discovered at the end of our session. My voice did have a crackle in it, so you will hear me in the background because I disabled the voice in the edit and my voice is now getting picked up by Lewis's microphone. This was resolved a little bit later and my voice did, did come out clearer. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Lewis was very busy and kindly gave me an hour of his time. We did go a little bit over time today. We have about an hour of information. We discuss the city of Fremantle. We discuss organisational structure within economic development and place leadership teams at government level and how that may affect community. So without further ado, and a big thank you, Lewis Puig. Life Between Buildings. This podcast is dedicated to retail placemaking. How to build appropriate places that generate community development and give children access to the economy. So strap yourself in and enjoy. Life Between Buildings. Retail Placemaking. Okay, here we go. I've got you where I want you. Cool, more coffee. Okay, cheers to you. <laughs> All right, you're on record now. Excellent. So thank you for coming in. You're welcome. And you'll be the second guest I've had, and I'm very proud to have you. Oh, fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. And for those people who don't know who you are, you <laughs> are an employee at? I'm an employee at the city of Fremantle, one of the um, humble... Um, public servants, a local council, so yeah. And what's your title? Um, that's an interesting one because uh, it just, it recently changed. Um, as per January 2019, um, my title changed from economic development coordinator to place leader. And um, yeah, I can explain a little bit more as we go on what those changes mean. But um, it's same, same. That's so amazing. <laughs> Different titles, same, same. But um, yeah, we can go into detail if you want. To oh, don't worry. You. I won't let you escape what? from the details. <laughs> so you wouldn't be the first council who has yes. relabeled the yes. economic um, profession yes. into a place profession. Mm-hmm. Other, what other councils may have done it is did you guys uh, mimic yes. the leading council? Um, yeah, we are. We are mimicking or we are copying what everybody's doing. But it's not just in WA. We also looked at other, other places uh, over east. Uh, but yeah, mainly we're following the uh, city of Vincent um, and town of Vic Park. Pretty much just to be open, uh, David Doy. Um, yeah, I, I really think the work that he's done, it's it's been great. And he's been leading pretty much the, the place approach in, in, in at, at least what I'm aware of in Perth in WA. Um, so... Yeah, so we've been spending a lot of time with, with him and with his team and trying to understand what what they do and the impact that they have in the in the organization. So some my people some people might say that is the flavor of the month. Uh, maybe it is, but um, in Fremantle I think that year we 
there's, there's value in looking at it. So we don't have a place team. Like it's, I'm, I'm the one-man band, uh, which makes it a little challenging. But I think that the approach from my manager, um, it's more like let's just look into it and, and, and understand the value because there's also a lot of mistakes being made. So we want to learn from those mistakes rather than jumping straight into the place bandwagon. So David Doy, original profession is as a place consultant from yeah. a leading private company that was in essentially town planning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, was he from um, Roberts Day? Roberts Day, yeah. It's kind of confusing. So yeah, he wasn't Rob- an owner, he was an associate yeah. or an employee there. Yeah, yeah, I met and him And then he got a Roberts job yeah. at the city of Vincent as yeah. place manager in yeah. 2015 or something. Then yeah. now he's a place director or something? Place manager at city of, um, a town of Victoria Park. Yeah. yeah. But it's really interesting because um, the first time I met uh, David was um, when I first started in Fremantle and it was through Robert's Day because he was doing some consultancy work for Frio. And then I met him and we got to do a couple of projects. Um, but yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about cities and I think he, he found our job fascinating, like being in local government and have actually uh, uh, direct contact with the community and 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 just being on the ground and from uh, I mean he he might tell you a different story but what I what I could understand from our conversations is that being him being a consultant was in a different you know different environment so the concept of going into local government and have a a, a more direct approach to making places I think that's what you know motivated him to move into a Town of Vincent, and back then, when you think about Town of Vincent, that's when uh, Mr. Kerry, John Kerry, was, um, you know, um, the mayor there. Again, this is uh, John Kerry. Um, sometimes controversial. Some people like him. Some people don't like him, and that's fair enough. But I do like him, and I've been following all the work that he's been doing, particularly um, during his time at City of Vincent, and then after City of Vincent. Now that um, you know he's the premier's right hand man, and all the work that he's doing with. Um, uh, activate Perth. So those are the, the people that I follow locally and look up to, kind of. Yeah. So you say you've been spending a bit of time with David? Yeah, yeah, we spent, um, well, five, six years ago, yeah, we did a lot of time because we, we had a, a project together. Um, and then just on and off, you know, asking advice. When he first started at City of Vincent, you know, he came to us asking questions. Um, and then, you know, every every year you touch base, how are you going? He had a few projects, um, you know, line up. We used to touch base, we used to go to Mount Lolly and, and catch up and just, just discuss. It was really good um, just to, um, what do you call it? Just bounce ideas. Um, and yeah, and then, um, he, and then he moved to, um, uh, well, we saw the work that he did at, at City of Vincent, award-winning planning approach um, last year from the um, place, uh, what is it called? The Australasia Place Leaders? Anyway, so, and then he, he moved to uh, Tanovic Park, which is quite interesting because um, his boss is uh, one of my former colleagues at City of Fremantle, Natalie Martin-Good. She's uh, one of the chief, uh, what is, what's her role? And, planning engagement, chief planning engagement. So she's leading that team and, and now she's got David Doyle working mm. under her. And and yeah, I recently caught up with them uh, when we started looking into the place approach for Frio. So we were taking, um, you know, some of their advice. And yeah, I think we have a good working relationship, um, just bouncing off ideas. And So yeah. how do people assess City of Vincent as an allegedly successful place 
Hadoop implementer. Yeah, um, yeah, that's another an, another one that some people might say that you know, City of Vincent has done really well. But uh, I also get advice from all the urban designers saying that they've made a lot of mistakes and they've struggled. I think they went through a five-year period of um, instigating something, getting budget, getting the community, doing some activations, upgrading some streets, and they kick some good goals. But then after after that, um, and, and that happens, I think that's what I've noticed in local government. You go through a period of three or five years that um, you, you get into it, you gain momentum, you do stuff, but then after a while, kind of people forget or the organization changes, and then you get pulled back and you sort of lose momentum, and then people start uh, criticizing uh, your work or, or finding the faults. Because, um, yeah, it's something that I learned in my 12 years of career in local government, state government. It doesn't matter what you're going to do, there's always going to be faults, and the community will, will be there telling you what those faults are. Sadly, without highlighting the, the, the wins, and you know, you might have a lot of wins, but they just get lost. And yeah, it's, it's a very difficult environment. There's a lot of people just watching and, and criticizing, um, yeah, without looking at the, the actual wins. And, and that's something that I have to admit. Um, I mean, I've been in economic development for the last as I said, the last 12 years, um, one of my first jobs at City of Perth was to um, um, put together a bit of a video and a like promotional material to, to showcase WA as the powerhouse of the economy in Australia. So we were on top, we were out there, WA is the place to do business. So we've, we've come a long way <laughs> since then, uh, particularly if you look at the latest economic reports and the last you know three, four um, ones that um, the ComSec releases. Pretty much, uh, we're in the bottom, like the the worst state economically. So I'll have to admit, being both rolling out economic development projects has been it has been really tough, particularly in Fremantle in the last three or four years. Thanks for that. So you've been in local government twelve years. And, and you've been in as an economic development officer at the city of Perth, the capital city, with a correct West Australian-sized budget. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a well, it's significant. So, yes, yes. And now your title is place leader. Yep. Right. So that demonstrates that our community is valuing place in economics. Absolutely. Or is that, or is that, or is that not true? Um, no, I think there's there's truth on that, um, and this is why more more local governments are, are changing that. Um, as I mentioned before, it's a bit of a cycle um, that we go in local governments, three to five years. Um, I don't know if you remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna show my age on this one, um, yeah. but uh, over 15 years ago, when there there was this thing called marketing, you know, oh, marketing is such a such an interesting concept. Let's start putting together marketing teams to actually sell the place. And um, it wasn't um, after marketing, I don't remember what came up, but yeah, all local governments have marketing offices. And then there was the tourism officer. Everyone had the tourism officers and they had a tourism team. Um, then economic development came in and everyone started setting up economic development teams. When I was in Perth, I was part of the, of the first economic development um, team in, um, in Western Australia, which was the city of Perth one. Um, and that was a really good experience because we got to see, you know, how, how a strategy is made and um, what the 
um, you know, the different projects that we were putting together. Um, back then, my boss was uh, Wendy Earl. Um, she's been in a few other councils. She was the uh, manager there. And then I had uh, Tom Griffiths. He was um, the coordinator. So that was a good little team. Um, and then since then, we saw how every other local council started having economic development teams. Um, and now I think that's what's happening with PLACE. Uh, City of Vincent started, um, and now there's a lot of them uh, coming together. Um, as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, there was a bit of a gathering with all the PLACE people in, in Perth metro area. So we have people from Bassendine, people from City of Swan, Belmont, um, Fremantle, um, Quinana. Quinana has a new team. Um, so it was... It was good just to, um, you know, see that this, this it's, it's not exactly a discipline, but this um, trend is, is catching up and everyone is just looking at it, putting, you know, budgets into it. The only challenge is everyone has a different understanding of what it is. Some councils are using place as, you know, place making. So let's put out some beanbags and some bunting on the street and, you know, let's get some people in. And some others are looking more from a structural, you know, let's make some changes to make the place better. So looking at, you know, the planning scheme, more like a strategic planning kind of thing. But, you know, we, we're just uh, learning from each other. Uh, yeah, that's, good. that's great. Yeah. So um, how many people in the combined place and economic staff in your team at um, in Fremantle, um, well, before this place thing was formed, before my position was formed, we had an economic development and marketing team, which had a manager. Um, and then we had uh, different coordinators. We had the marketing coordinator. Um, then it was myself, economic development coordinator, uh, property coordinator. Um, also, uh, commercial car parking was part of it. Um, and we all had um, two or three staff on our team. So all of we were around 10 on that economic development and marketing team. Uh, but um, that previous manager, Tom Griffiths, he left and now he is the director of the Southwest Group. But that's another story. Um, we, the city employed a new manager, uh, Mr. Matt Hammond. Um, he came all the way from city of Albany uh, to take on the, the manager role at City of Freedom. So he came in um, and he looked at where we were in, at that point in time. I'm talking about nearly a year ago. Um, and um, we had a lot of conversations about how, how we can, you know, improve the performance of the team and the impact that we're having in the organization, in the community. Uh, so Matt decided to make the, the team flatter. So he was going to take more control over, you know, obviously the decision making activities, but uh, um, pretty much just flattening the whole, all the instead of having three tiers of management, we only have two tiers now, because uh, we, we we lost some staff, some some decided to go traveling, some others got another job, so now um, we we still have the economic development and marketing team, but um, it's just uh, it's just a bunch of uh, five or six officers concentrating on a specific um, areas. So we have the uh, marketing person Wendy. Uh, we have the property person, Nadine, um, then the place guy, which is me. Uh, we have a business and investment person, which is Daniel. And we have another lady that looks into um, 
those all the organizational planning and all the documents, mm. Christy. So, so it's changed, and and this is fairly new. Like it's, I'm talking about. You used to have two economic development yeah, officers, yeah, or an economic development officer and economic development coordinator. Yeah, yeah. No, now so you've got a place leader. So, yeah, so and, I, I had two officers uh, working on the my team, and then one of them of one of the one of them left, and the one of the other ones he kind of took on a more business and investment growth. So, so it's all right. flat now. Right. So okay. I'm, I'm by myself now. So what now. rank uh, replace leader? Because it doesn't say in the title, officer, mm. up to manager, up up to coordinator, up to manager, up to director. Yep. So place leader, yep. you're a coordinator plus yep. level. Yeah, yep. yep. So the reason I ask that yep. is um, with the flatness and those changing titles, mm. notwithstanding the changing of economics to place, yep the cultural shift within local governments mm. uh, is maybe there because local governments and the community are identifying that the whole approach to economics can be revisited. Yes. And in your level, that mm. only you can see, but you've mm. told me now, <laughs> your team is flattening out. Yes. Right. Because property never used to be over mm. in economics. It used to be yeah, in, in sort of facilities. Yeah, it's true. Right. So... Why has your organization taken this approach in the context of directly improving your services yep. um, or somehow delivering? Yep, I think um, it, all, it all comes down to the economic development strategy that we've got. Um, we put together the 2015-2020 strategy which follow um, an award-winning strategy um, that was the catalyst of a lot of development taking place now. So if you think back, we're talking about nearly 10 years since the original ED strategy was launched that we are seeing the results now. Um, and what that original strategy did is, um, you know, help the city to change the the rules on, on, on density in the CBD. Like there were two big amendments on the planning scheme that basically highlighted some strategic buildings and allow them to uh, to build what, what in Fremantle's consider high-rise development, you know, four to five or six stories development, which um, I always say I'm glad that I wasn't in council at that point in time because those amendments to the planning scheme would have made uh, some members of the community very nervous, particularly in Fremantle, that they're very precious about their height. Um, but anyway, that ED strategy was the catalyst of that. Um, that, that previous strategy also was the catalyst for developing a bid, a business improvement district. Um, but anyway, so once that, that award-winning strategy came to an end in 2015, we prepared the following one, 2015 to 2020. But something that we learned at that point in time is that five-year strategy quickly became obsolete. Um, we, we ran two years of it. We, re, we did a mid-term mid review of it. And yeah, we achieved some of the goals that we, we set. Uh, we were right on target in terms of uh, people living in Fremantle, people working, um, number of office space, um, the square meters of office space being developed. So some of those targets were met. Uh, visitation continued to drop, and that, that's been one of the hardest ones. Um, so when we did that mid-term review, we identified that something had to change. We couldn't continue with a five-year strategy. When halfway there, you start seeing that the environment in local governments is changing. There's more focus on place. Um, 
So um, I think when the new manager came in, he had the opportunity to review the last three and a half years of the strategy. And Matt said, look, let's just concentrate on our strengths. Uh, obviously, places is one of them. And I think that gave me an opportunity to, to refocus my, my time in Frio because uh, by the time my new manager came in and I had done nearly six years in Fremantle, so um, I, I kind of expressed my interest on all things place. So, um, so I think the organization was really good at giving me this opportunity to say, all right, Louis, what do you think we can, we can do? And so I explained where I was coming from, how, how we can improve our level of service, improve the way we do um, uh, projects. I think at the end of the day, with the place management approach, it's about delivering uh, better outcomes. Um, so, yeah, so the organization trusts uh, the advice that we were giving based on the, the strategy and what we've developed. Um, and, I, and I think that's why they, they trust the ED team driving this transition to a place-based approach. So you still call it the economic development team? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's economic development, it's pretty much the umbrella of all our activities because mm. um, it's one of the top five priorities of council. So yeah. that, that sounds like a clever way to do it. Mm. It's like a best of both worlds. So mm. the hierarchy still is economics, at least as a sort of a yeah. Um, yeah. discipline in government. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and their place is accommodated quite intelligently underneath. You've got place leader, you've got, you've got marketing leaders, you've got... Uh, so that flatness and that yep. sort of restructure seems yep. very intelligent. Yeah. There's other councils who I have lost... So. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said sounds. Yeah, OK. Um, so there are other councils that have lost the whole economic development yeah. title from the thing, like yeah. the culture, you could say, yeah. Yeah. and replaced them with place mm. and the reason I asked why yeah what it meant in in how you deliver services is I'd like to get to what a customer or a, a whatever a customer youth serve mm. um, really sees in the effect of all of that organizational mm. change yes. you, you wanted to deliver services you may deliver more services mm. um, but uh, fundamentally how does a, a someone who's a, a visitor to the shop to yep. the town or the or a retailer or a yep. landlord how how do they have I wouldn't say an improved service but how is their relationship with yes. uh, any uh, local government yep that's an interesting one um, let's 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 take it back let's go back to the defi definition of economic development. If you ask different people what they think it is, they all have a different understanding. And I think that's what made a big uh, difference in local councils. Um, for Fremantle, it's, it's always been about, you know, the local business community, um, attracting more people. Um, and the reason we want to attract more people is so they invest more money, so they buy more coffees and they buy more shoes. So then they support the local economy. So it's about people. It's about local businesses. Um, some other economic development um, definitions, they talk about employment, um, more investment, uh, property. Um, but, but in Fremantle, I think we, they were very clear. It, it was about bringing more people in, either living, working, uh, visiting, um, and also bring attracting investment in terms of businesses coming in. So that's that's where Fremantle has concentrated on. Um, how that translates into the customer, um, it's um, having a positive experience on the street. And that is the challenge that Fremantle is having because uh, there's other issues out there that, um, you know, people come in from overseas, they, uh, they want to have a good time 
and they just don't have a memorable experience because they went to a shop or they saw too many empty shops. So, uh, and, and not having that um, memorable experience is a problem. So I think what we're trying to achieve with the team that I'm in is improving that experience. Um, and not just for the international visitor, for anyone that is coming into that place, make sure that that experience is memorable. And what I mean by memorable is they, it's, it's, it's all things play. So when, you, they, when they come to the precinct, they, they don't have any problem accessing the precinct, whether it's uh, public transport, cycling or by um, car. Um, once they get to the spot, they, it's easy to navigate. They can walk or they, they can ride. Um, they see a business that is thriving. They feel welcome. They feel safe. Um, and then they get back on the car or on the train and they go back home and, and, and they have a, a positive experience. So that's I think that's where our team um, fits um, as well as, you know, the marketing side of it. So we are constantly promoting the positive stories. Uh, and, and that's been, um, you know, challenging as well, because as a place, it is there's the good things and the bad things. Um, sadly, a lot of people concentrate on the bad things. And, you know, I'm, I'm not disregarding that there's bad things. But we often forget the good things. Like when we're talking about businesses suffering, yes, they are. And if stuff retail is really hard and, you know, Target is closing. Man, that rumor has been going on for the last six years. <laughs> but apparently it's closed. Anyway, no, that's just a rumor. Uh, but um, but there are some other businesses that are, you know, regardless of the tough economic climate, they are doing well and they're happy and they're constantly innovating. So we are always in the middle of this, you know, these two different um, realities, the, the sad, the, the um, unsafe and difficult side of Fremantle. But we also have the exciting, innovative, entrepreneurial side of it. So we, we, we're trying to, um, without disregarding the bad stuff, concentrate on the, on the strengths. Um, so if we can improve the visitor experience, that's when the, anyone coming to the town, that's how they see our work. You know, they come in and they see a, a wayfinding system, a signs on the ground that direct them to spots that they want to go. They send them to the prison, they send them to the markets, to the fishing boat harbor. They come in and the streets are clean. They come in and easy access to car parking. Um, so I think that's where we feed. I don't know if that answers your question. That was so a very long the answer. <laughs> city, so all of those elements that yeah. may be the customer experience, mm -hmm. what's the benefit of that? Is it because that marries up with the town of Vincent's outcomes, which mm. allegedly are place-led, mm. or mm. is it tradition? Are they the tr traditional benefits of an economic development discipline? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think is it always going to go back to economic development because it goes back to people having memorable experience. They will come back and they will tell other people that Fremantle is great, and that just creates that. Um, uh, that get people talking and just make it a more desirable destination. I think that's what it all comes down. Making Fremantle a desirable destination, which will in turn bring people in that will invest and will buy coffees and then the lady owning the coffee shop, she'll be happy. So those um, dreams would, uh, those dreams are no different to the dreams that the city of Rio would have had prior to Matt Hammond, prior to the flat architecture. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's, it's, I think we, we, yeah, no, you're right. It's the same thing. Like we continue, 
Yet the city of Fremantle has invested in an organisational change, mm-hmm. which is expensive mm-hmm. for the community. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. there's there's council meetings, there's rearrangements yep. of, of um, yep. job descriptions. Yep. It's an it's a company wide effort. Yep. And the dream is similar. Mm-hmm. That effort has come at an expense but it is necessary as we said earlier that any big organization you know the progress is incremental yes and that part of the incremental progress is is three steps forward two steps back yep and so a good leader can manage that i'm sure can i add something now that you're mentioning the organization um the other thing that we need to understand in terms of the context of where we are as a local council is we are in the middle of big changes. Like we, we are building a multi-million dollar facility for the community, um, but we it's not it's not ready yet. So also for us as as an organization, it, it that has um, changed things. Like in like to start, we had to move office to demolish the existing building. So moving office wasn't an easy task. So we moved office for two or three years, temporary um, relocation. Um, while we build a new building. And then when we move into the new building, we have this aspiration to have a different work environment. Um, they call it ABW, which stands for... Google that. Um, basically, you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, active, right. active-based... Active-based... Activity-based... Activity-based work. Anyway, so it's about... We don't have desks. We don't have computers like as such PCs, so and and that's to do with make the organization more agile and more responsive and more flexible. So we are moving from you know. Uh, uh, Will uh, you invite people in? Yeah, For example, <laughs> um, you work with a lot of stakeholders out there. Yeah, yeah. You guys have got all this technology. You're yeah, building yeah. a new thing. Yeah. Will you be conducting tours and, and can we have a cup of coffee there and and do some digital nomading whilst having a look at the view? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think that, that it's it's just a. I think the organization is moving moving um, moving on with the times, and it's just becoming more more nimble. I like to see nimble and proactive, and and trying to um, save resources like in different ways. So, so what project are you involved in at the moment? Um, at the moment, the big one is um, putting together the um, governance model for King Square um, for. People that don't know what King Square is, that is a 270 million redevelopment of a public square. Um, that's a combination of a public and private partnership between the city of Fremantle and Sirona Capital. Um, and that includes um, a number of buildings being built and refurbished, and the old Mare building is being refurbished. Um, and also the new um, council building, uh, which will include new community facilities such as public toilets, change rooms, information center, public library, um, the lot. But that's that's a build form. There's also going to be upgrades on the public realm. You know, new seating, uh, trees, lighting. So the whole idea is to make that square the heart of Fremantle, bring it back to. You know, to the place where people go and hang around. There's more shops, there's more cafes, restaurants, bars, uh, more office space. So that's a mega project. That's one in a generation project. Uh, and there's so many people in council involved on in it. Um, but um, what, what I'm proposing um, 
to do is once that project is up and running, we want to have a governance model that will um, make us be proactive in terms of activating the space. Uh, and when I say activating, it's not just events. It's just making sure that if the guys from the new shopping center called FOMO, if they're going to have an opening or a DJ playing on a Friday afternoon, we need to make sure that the church is not having a funeral at the same time. And then our library is not hosting a children fiesta on the, on the, on the street. So in a way, it's not just administrating the events, but it's more administrating the activities and the uses of the space to make sure that when we cut the ribbon, um, there is a good program of activities um, or, or the place is, is working um, efficiently. Because uh, a lot of things are going to change. Like it's what people don't realize is that nearly there's 2,000 people going to be in that center working from there. So that has an impact on you know rubbish bins. How many rubbish bins do we need? How, when do they need to be picked up? All the shops around the square they need to be serviced. When are the services in time? Is that um, come yeah. under your management hmm. structure plan that you say you're conceiving yeah. of now? Yeah, that that's something. Um, I think what, what I'm trying to achieve is put together a management team rather than being the place manager. Because um, a lot of people think like, so, so Luis, you're going to manage King Square? I'm saying, no, I'm not going to manage anything. My my role there is to make sure that we pick key people within the Are organization. Are going to add more staff? Um, if we see that there is value to it, yes. But at the moment, there's no plans for that. So that staff mm-hmm. would look like an event manager? No, there's, um, as part of that, has the word place given the economic department's permission to get into events? Um, no, no, it hasn't. No, events, they do events and they administrate events, but they are a critical part of the puzzle. Um, but then there's also the local businesses around the area. Who, do, uh, who, man, who in the economic development team and if not in the whole city Mm. has the first point of contact most intimate relationships with the small business community uh that would be me that's you yeah as place leader yeah and i think that's how it all started uh that's how it all started because with king square a few years ago um my job when when construction initially started was to uh, put a plan together to um, reduce, um, what do you call it, the, the disruption as a result of the works, because we knew that was coming. And uh, we knew that businesses were going to be affected. So we put a plan together um, to minimize that. And, and it's been all about communication and knowing your stakeholders and being there on the street, listening to their concerns. So anyway, that was um, three years ago when construction started. So. When I look back, like I have a very strong network of all the people around there. Like if I go right there now, you know, I go there and I'd have a coffee and I mean, I'm not high fiving people, but, you know, it's they, they know that they can contact me if they have any issues. They know that I don't have the answer. There are complaints out there about you. Are they? <laughs> well, you think that's funny? People say you're not high fiving them. <laughs> I'll try. I'll do my best. Because then I have to high five a lot of people. Um, no, it's I, I think. That was one of the triggers when, when we looked back and said, look, we have a strong so what, what, community. What, so you turn up and you say, I was economic development coordinator, now I'm place leader. Yep. And they go, um, they, they tell you off? No. Because no. they go, what, what, I don't care. 
No, no, it's it's the same thing. I think that that remains like being being that contact of the community. I think that's what's been the key as a place but leader. Are they irritated that the city ch- changes internally? No, when they're looking for external changes. No, no, they don't. They Do don't. they pr- appreciate that Matt and your efforts um, are there to deliver better, more services? I, I don't think the community sees that. I don't think the community sees how we're structured, so and they don't understand it. Yeah, the I, the core of Fremantle is full of, of retail businesses so yes. what's their mood at the moment insofar as you're the uh, point of contact what yeah. are they demanding of you that you've got you know you've got you know control of but you, yeah. you know it's the meta project uh, the psychology what's the yeah. uh the mood i would say from my experience um and let me let me um uh, give you a disclaimer um what i'm saying here is my personal opinion how I see the community and how what I feel. It's not the council's opinion, it's not my boss' opinion. So I think that's really important to thank you to put that up front. Um, from my experience, six years in Fremantle, I would think there's a 50-50 split of those businesses that the mood is really low, really low. They're just fed off with anything happening outside the street, antisocial behavior, dropping in visitation, people are not coming in, or people are coming in, but they are not purchasing their product. And and they put a lot of pressure on council saying, uh, Mr. Mayor, what are you doing to support me? What are you doing to help me? This place is just going down the drain. What is the mayor to do? Oh, because he's always, it's all his fault. It's all his fault. Well, the mayor's a good person. <laughs> I credit the mm. mayor for much. Absolutely, yeah. However, does it, irritate you that they don't see that the council ought work better by talking to you rather than assuming the mayor has some sort of magic wand influence (laughs) Um, no although the mayor has influence and should isn't it a dysfunction if the retail community really thinks that the economic or place teams are not really most of their Hmm. point of communication yep. thinking the councillors or the mayor which have really restricted capacities especially mm. when it comes to retail planning no, it, other than their influence if no. they're thinking that is that is that a sign of miscommunication um, I don't think so I think it's, it's human nature um, particularly when you have your leaders and their selected members and they are seeing as the people that if I'm unhappy with the way this place is working, that's the first person that I'm going to go and contact because the community thinks that the level of influence is going to make things change. Quicker. So you have a mayor who directly translates that information very well to the major, to the CEO. Yep. And the CEO then distributes that down the line, let's yes. say. Yep. And I think City of Fremantle does that very well. Yep. And the City of Fremantle's mayor for the last eight or whatever plus years, mm-hmm. maybe, is he in his third term? Yeah, the third one. He's yeah. allowed to do three terms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I don't think there's a better example. Yeah, yeah. and it's not just the mayor, there's also elected members. Um, again, Pardon me, there is. All the elected members yeah. are great. And I think yeah. the change when um, uh, the award-winning economic development strategy was conceived of Mm. and executed Mm. was that the council became cohesive yes so david coggan and um, the now member for parliament josh um yep no with the premier yep he's in ray avenue (laughs) what's his name 
Which one? He was, <laughs> used to be a councillor, deputy mayor. Mayor. He's now a state member. Yeah. He's in Melissa Park's old office. What's his name? Don't know. Josh Wilson. Is it Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, oh, Josh Wilson. Yeah, Josh He's Wilson. fantastic. He, he was there. Yeah. David Coggan. Yeah. Um, this is prior to Rachel Pemberton, but yeah. what was happened is that there was a, a, an incredible relief or an absence of conflict. Yeah. All of that passion and energy was there, but they were sort of pointing in the right direction, and it was a led, it was a sort of a place. It was a design and place led direction, yeah. which was quite amazing. Yeah. And I think that's why that that ethos is still there, and that's why you're pulling off these half a billion dollar developments. Mm. Andrew Eastick was at the City of Freo yeah, at that right. time, and I think he right. he was amazing. Mm. Uh, I don't know where he is now, but mm. he was incredibly powerful. Yeah. I think he's to credit for that yeah. um, economic development strategy, and he did the right thing in that he put his, um, you know, he he allowed his himself to be unpopular in order to <laughs> bring up those councillors and the directors who were taking instructions mm. um, from the community via the council. Um, to the standard that the city was ready for. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. And now we're seeing the results of all of that. Like mm. We're talking nearly eight to ten years from, from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as, as I mentioned before, it, it's the economic climate in the state, it, it hasn't really helped because that's when, you know, if you think about eight years ago, the, the retail decline... Um, um, the household expenditure, uh, visitation, that's all just I think, going down. I think down Jason here. Cunningham's done a great job too. Jason, <laughs> is he still there? No, no, he left the city uh, three, four months ago. Did he now? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, well, well, I think your communications. With him. Yeah, yeah well, good. Oh, that's a shame. He was a friend. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let's have a chat about retail. Yes. Placemaking. Yes. So you've got this amazing FOMO development that's a private public partnership. Yes. Um, that's an incredible interruption that lasts, you know, four, five, six, ten years. Uh, you're doing your best to hive off the interruption to traffic flow. Mm. You've always had a network of prime retail streets bigger than any other mm. um, place in the yep. in the huge state of Western yep. Australia, other yep. than the actual capital city of Perth. Mm. Uh, there's 600 businesses in the town centre. You're the point of contact. You're in the economic development team. You're in place leadership. Hmm. What's what's the update um, on the intimate relationship between you and the retail community hmm. insofar as you trying to promulgate the next generation of innovation or ideas hmm. that you've interpreted through all these difficult anxieties yeah. Yeah. they may very well tell you that they need more or this but as a professional you interpret this through the political system hmm. plus you're managing these major projects hmm. at the same time these projects will come off, they'll end, they're a sign of success. Yep. However, in the meantime, the everyday retail community that's been in Frio for Fremantle's inception, yep. 130, 40, 50, I don't know yep. how many years, maybe someone will say, yep. uh, they've been there all along. And they, they, they come and they go and they live and they die. <laughs> and the community ultimately depends on those retailers for everything that we've been discussing because on a micro level, they are the ones providing either a vibrant business that in instigates uh, purchases and community engagement, mm -hmm. or they operate a business that is something that's walking past. And so as a 
community, the more vibrant businesses, um, the better. Yep. That may or may not depend on the the micro the macro climate in the country mm. or not. Yep. Yep. Uh, generally, in my experience, there are retailers out there that just seem to be confident and and they don't seem they have a good balance. Yes. Where they not really necessarily. They love to have a laugh and blame everyone, but they know that their that their their destiny's in their hands that themselves, yes. and they're more than happy to be honest about uh, how they solve things within their businesses, and that can be inspiring yeah, to local government. Are there absolutely. are there any people that you have in the lo- in the town centre? Because there's several hundred mm. that you believe are leaders that maybe that you can depend on, depend is not the right word. Are there some retail leaders in the city at the moment that you can depend on almost for strategic consultation? You don't have to mention their names, but <laughs> do the, are, are there those people? And what are they, aside from, yeah, and what's, and what's their creative um, passion yep. today? Okay, to answer your question straight up, yes, there are, and I call them, I call them the champions. They are the champions of Fremantle, and without those champions, Fremantle wouldn't be what it is right now. And those are the guys that I enjoy dealing with. The guys that I mean, they are not shy to tell us how we can improve, and I accept that constructive criticism. But so those are the guys that just don't sit there, uh, waiting for the dress to you know be sold by itself just by hanging on the window. And, and, and yes, there are, and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy to say their names, particularly uh, one of them will be Natasha Atkinson. She is the CEO of the Fremantle Markets. Again, sometimes criticized by, you She know, is, she's She's just, a gun, she's a star. She's out of this world. Can I just say that she was just awarded um, the 40 on the 40 award of one of the WAs. Mm. Um, She's underwritten the value of that markets. Oh my god! Yeah, so two weeks ago, forty under forty, so forty most influential uh, people in Western Australia. Yeah, she so, is a firebrand. Yeah, and and as I said, she's she's not afraid or shy to tell me that the council is doing things wrong. So when she tells me that something needs to improve, I do believe that. And do you I have do the capacity to act. Yeah, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And when I don't, I just say to her, look, this is not going to work, but let's try to find a solution. Do you team up with her to go around? Uh, Yes, I do. Yeah, right. So in that sense, as a place leader, you help outcomes navigate their way through the limitations of the systems. I think that's, we're getting to a really interesting point, which is uh, like trying to, um, what do you call it, understand what the place leader role is. And what I've seen in the last few months is my, my, my key, my number one skill is that local knowledge that we have of the place. We know the place intimately, and we know the stakeholders, and we know what the touch points are. So when someone comes in suggesting, let's say, a massive event that is gonna cause disruptions to all of these stakeholders, I'm the first one to say, hold on, let's rethink about this. Because we understand, we have the experience to see what, you know, based on what's done in the past, or or based on what's, you know, whether there's gonna be an, a direct economic return to these stakeholders, we can gauge whether Proposals will have a good benefit or bad benefit. Uh, and Do you it, have influence within the city outside of your department in yes. the event? Natasha says, oh, my God, they don't realise that there's a conflict. Yep. Can we rearrange? Yes. Or are you just no, quite no, simply, I, like most, <laughs> um, frustrated? No, no, I think, I think things have changed in the last two years. 
Um, Has this flat structure or the restructure given more senior directors within the city mm. a sense that the whole economic and place team in its flat sense needs to be listened to? Yes. Otherwise, there's no value in empowering the yeah. community to change these roles. I think um, what's more than this organizational, organizational structure, it's been um, our experience um, and our... Uh, the key connections that we built within the organization. Uh, as part of my job, it's to glue together all the different business units, make sure that events is talking to infrastructure, infrastructure is talking to community development. So most of the people in, in, in our team, it's it's kind of like senior, senior officers, like Wendy from marketing, she's been there for a long time. So we have really good connections internally. Uh, and when we identify a problem or an opportunity, we, I, I trust that they, they, they listen to what we have to say and we have the ability to sway you know, the, the decisions. Um, but when we go, if we go back to those key stakeholders and the champions, I, I said that yes, they are. Proceed. Okay, so let's just go back to, um, uh, to the champions in the community, which to me that has been you know, a key element of, 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 of my, my time in Fremantle. Um, there are others out there like um, Ivan Seva, um, the owner of Benny's on the Capuchin Strip. A great man. He is the chair of the Fremantle Chamber of Commerce Board. Um, just a, a, another guy that's been there for a long time. He's seen it all and he understands what the limitations of local government is. Um, he has the ability to talk to his neighbors, to the stakeholders on the Capuchin Strip and, and, and get a, a, a collaborative approach on things, uh, which I think is is very powerful. Also, the Fremantle Chamber of Commerce. We put a lot of time and effort to to have a good working relationship. Um, Alwyn Williams just left a few weeks ago, um, so now we're building the new relationship with Denisha um, Quinlan, who is the new CEO. Because um, if you don't have a good working relationship with the chamber, um, I, I don't think we get anywhere. Because if you're just going to be arguing about this, the, 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 the old things about parking and antisocial behavior, without trying to find a a, a you know a proactive approach towards it there's no point so i think it comes down from my role is building those relationships and maintaining them and just being uh, understand where the where your stakeholders are coming from and and identify the value of you know what they are proposing because um, yeah sometimes we get other stakeholders that you know they have great ideas but sometimes they're not feasible or they just expect the government to do it for them and and sometimes i just have to say look i'm sorry i can't help you um, Anyone but, in any other retailers that you can include in your um, superhero list? There's there's one there's one gentleman um, Giancarlo Daniel. He's not a retailer, but he's a property owner. He owns a lot of well. He, he owns, is he the one that's cast in bronze down at the fish market? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a different Jean. No, no, that's a different one. No, Giancarlo Daniel. He's a property owner. Oh, he, interesting. He owns a a a prime prime location building on the cappuccino strip on market street and he recently uh, purchased the block next door so he owns like the whole of market street piazza all um, right so for purposes of clarity is that settled uh well as far as so i the know the previous owner of that row of three restaurants yeah, as far is, as, has changed as far as no as far as i know it is because giancarlo is investing hundreds of thousands of dollars on opening two new restaurants on his own in a matter of weeks. What type of food? Uh, 
a what is what, what is it? A rustic pizzeria, rustic or like a boutique pizzeria. All right, cool. Yes, more more pizzas. All right, let's do that. And a restaurant bar. But to me, that's that's an example. Like I've been dealing with Giancarlo for the last five years, and he's just um, he's frustrated for the lack of action oh, from, love from, to from the love city. Love to meet him. Yeah, um, but I that piazza's he's, exciting. No, he, in that there's a lot of politics there. He he is the piazza man now. But <laughs> I understand when he comes to cancel, asking for all of these things to change, and there's no action. Um, he said, all right, I'm going to do it on my own. And that's the kind of thing that okay. I've been waiting for. Because, I mean, as the council, we did what we could do. We invested some money on the public realm. And as far as I know, that's what our job was. Uh, but we had problems with the previous owner finding tenants for those empty shops, which stay empty for three years. But now Giancarlo, he went in, put the... Um, um, put some money on the table and yeah and that is fantastic because as soon as those properties get a tenant you're going to see that piazza fully activated which is what we've been waiting for um, so yeah so that, if that, yep. you have a list of champions such as Natasha Atkinson and other stakeholders Ivan yep Ivan let's say that you have a coffee with them and they say look I'm going to leave the city I've, uh, I'm getting married I'm, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I'm frustrated I've got a yeah, different yeah. business uh, or, or they maybe I'll be a bit more accurate. Natasha owns Natasha. Natasha is employed by yeah. the leaseholders yep. of the In the Fremantle markets, yeah. publicly yep. public buildings of the ancient market. So there's probably I don't know fifty to a hundred retailers that this person Natasha has uh, curating successfully. Hundred and thirty, I think. Hundred and thirty. Yep. So she is pulling. She is successful. Hmm. Let's say she goes. I tell you what. I, um, I'm, I'm bored or frustrated. I've, I've received no other yeah. offer. I'm going to go out of town to do a, a different um, yeah. market. I think she's not a good example, sadly. <laughs> um, let's say Natasha is an example of someone who may own and operate a shop, whether it's food or, or yeah. retail, yeah. and just be a marvel and she's excellent to deal with yeah. at your level. Yeah. Let's say that you identify the benefit to the broader community that these leaders have. Hmm. Um, as a business owner, mm. they uh, bring together retailers. They mitigate uh, bad-looking mm. uh, businesses on either side of them. They, you can build a street around them. Yep. Does the city have a response in the event that they get a phone call and just say, oh, "I'm fed up. I'm going to leave the city now"? The reason I ask that is it's not unusual mm. in a private environment such as yep. a Westfield shopping centre yep. to invest in those relationships yep. to curate proactively curate you've got a set of leaders and are you in a business of competitively keeping and expanding those leaders in order to more successfully deliver your services mm. on, on the basis that your mm. services are completely dependent on yep. the customers coming in and spending they yep. won't do that and unless there's good retailers kicking yep. goals yep do you do you hold on to the T-shirts of the retailers and try and keep them in the city? Or do you just get what you're given? Um, I'm going to be blunt and we'll get what we're given. Um, I mean, unfortunately, um, I would like to keep them all, but you, you can't. Like when you get a good retailer saying, look, I'm, I'm leaving. Like we just had Pigeon Hole. Pigeon Hole just left um, the High Street Mall. They were meant to be only there for six months. They ended up staying for three years. And, you know, the lease came to an end and they're out. I'd love to keep them in, but I just as a local council, I just don't really have the power well, we, to keep them in. The Market Street Piazza uh, had three, two or three rest, you know, yeah. large format. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
retail shops there yeah. and they were notoriously um, well leased. Yeah. And so when they fell vacant, the yeah. landlord years later has sold them as vacant properties, unable yep. to, or yep. choosing not to release them. Yep. So here's an example of the whole community waiting for yep. the vibrancy to occur. Yep. Uh, I don't have young children anymore, but I mm. certainly lived in the city centre and streets which were yep. waiting for vacancies to be infilled. And that yep. meant that a whole generation of kids, because it only takes five years for yep. a little boy or a girl to grow up from being, say, four to nine, yep. if their street cannot be traversed because of vacancies, because vacancies and safety are yep. correlated, yep. then effectively the community is um, shortchanged. Yes, yeah. So with the, is, is curating businesses in whatever form possible, uh, not a complete form because you guys do not own and operate your own mm. shops yep. as landlords except for maybe 10 premises. Yep. Is that a part, is curating retail attracting retail, business attraction, business retention, retail management, dare I say, because mm -hmm. there is a role in shopping centres called retail yep. Manager, yeah, management course. that yep. would fit in neatly next to your types of roles. There's someone who, actually, you're the retail manager. Yep. You're intimately making sure, or the retail manager in Westfield would intimately make sure that the business owner is okay today, yep. that yep. they're able to function, yep. that they're getting the education they need. Otherwise they will just get what they're given. Mm -hmm. So curating retailers, is that a part of place leadership within economic development? Um, that's a good one. Um, although I like to say that it is, given our environment in Fremantle, I don't think we have the capacity. All we can do is put a, a, a proposition out there that will be in line to attract some brands. So if we are selling the place with a specific brand that will align with specific retailers, those retailers might be more inclined to, 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 to come and have a look at Fremantle because they, they'll see that alignment of, of value proposition. Um, so I think that's all we can do. It's in, in terms of you know, selecting shops and, and, and selecting like headhunting retailers, uh, we've done it, but it's, it's, it's very limited because we're not the owners. So all we do is we facilitate an owner with a business and say, hey, it will be a great idea if you meet this guy. And yeah, there's been good wins, uh, good wins. As, as you mentioned, we also uh, canceled on a few properties. So we've been trying to lead by example by having good tenants. Mm. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's I think it's the good old market driven um, approach. Um, um, retailers will come in if they get a, a good a good price, if they see that there's people walking on the street. Um, Pigeonhole is leaving. Ah, here they you live. Suggested they that left. You, you suggested um, that Johan, Kim. Kim, yeah, yeah. Um, the Pigeonhole, I, I guess yeah. you suggested that because they're a leadership business. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were the first, one of the first in Perth to bring yeah. sort of curated yeah. artifacts as small gifts. And yeah, then they yeah. exploded. They're and huge. Frio was one of their yeah. down the line shops, which mm. was, they're so big they can afford to do these pop ups for landlords. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Full fit outs yeah. almost. So do you, he's leaving. She's leaving. They are leaving. They're leaving. You don't have. You do not have a strategy for the city to communicate directly with that business in order to mitigate the loss. Um, Such as Johan, we hear you're leaving in three months. I understand you're yeah. on a temporary lease. You're in a private landlord. Yeah, but yeah. We we hear, we know what's going yeah. on. You've told me. Yeah. So therefore, can you know six months in advance? Can we? 
change your mind? Can I yeah. can I take you out for lunch yeah, and show yeah. you what meet you introduce you to all these landlords? Can is that a response that city led place teams could should may or do currently incorporate? We could, we should, but there's no plan. There's no strategy. There's nothing in paper saying when someone is about to close, Louis, you need to go and call them and take them out for coffee. There's nothing. In You're place. developing a King's <coughs> Square management strategy. Yep. Is the curation of the occupancy rate, mm. including the mega curation, meta curation of the actual mix mm. for community benefit, yep. they'll engage. Yep. Is that part of the necessary management thoughts required in order to have a successful center um, town square i mean no King there square. isn't no there isn't it's not part of the mix uh, we are working with what fomo is going to give us i still don't know what fomo is going to give us but i trust that it's going to be great uh, they put a lot of money behind it and a lot of good brains behind it so um, um, i trust that fomo will open um with new shops um new restaurants and bars. The city will have a few shops, three or four shops. We are currently in the process of finding tenants for that. Um, but uh, it's not, I, I think that um, our influence on shops outside King Square is very limited. And I think something, um, just to wrap things up, um, I think I just share my, my theory on on the current, um, you know, the how people react to retail. And I think that's something that we need to understand um, about, you know, consumers and loyalty. I think that's all gone. Like um, you mentioned that community relies on these retailers, but I, I think communities, it's changed now. Like those businesses that set, set, set shop and they stay there for 30 years, I don't think we're going to see that again. And I, I don't know where that's part of our throwaway society. It's a reflection of it that people like pigeonhole, businesses like pigeonhole, they'll come in, they do six months, they go. It's, it's constant change, constant moving. Uh, businesses are looking for a good deal. And that's what's happening in Frio now. There's a lot of businesses relocating, finding better deals because this is a good opportunity. The owners are realizing that the rents were too high. When I first um, started in Frio, you could see rents up to $1,800 per square meter. Now you'll be lucky to find anything about 800 on a prime location. So I think the, the, the community will just go where they, they find a good deal or they find the product thereafter. Um, I, I, don't, I think that it's, it's retail itself is just changing and fast. I, I, I don't think even the shops are FOMO. I don't, I don't see them staying there for more than three or four years before they refresh that content. So that makes it really difficult. So if you, you're creating a management template structure mm -hmm document for the public-private, including the public-private partnership, yep. which includes privately leased premises, yep. which the customer won't really be able to tell, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Should that development unsuccessfully maintain its occupancy, mm. is that at your, is, can your management document respond to that mm. circumstance? You may not have any influence, yep. but that is that a major change that the mm. document needs to have a, a to be aware of and a response for? Um, if if this <clears throat> development has four vacancies yep. uh, after the first out, out of a possible twelve, or, uh, yep. let's yep. say it's got eight tenancies, large format. I don't yeah, know yeah, what it's yep. going to be like, yep. but let's say there's a to the visible eye a yep. vacancy problem. Yeah. That. That certainly is a part of a, of, of a management document. Mm. Even though you don't have authority mm. 
or control of it. Maybe that's for another. Uh, look, that is the type of discussion that yeah. is that is grey and is yeah. up for discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So, with your permission, I'll wind it up yeah. now because yeah, I yeah. know you have an appointment, yeah. and of course, I'd be delighted to have another chapter with you in the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that we began to touch on the live retail community and all yeah. those characters, and I think there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with your permission, I'll have you back, and you, you can even yeah. bring a colleague or whatever. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. So I'll stop the recording now. Excellent. Unless there's anything else you want no, to that, say. No, that, that, that was a really good, good experience. You, you're like my therapist, you know, I can... Okay, get it all out. Now I really better stop the recording. (laughs) Thank Thank you. Life between buildings. A big thank you to Lewis Puig for being such a great sport. If you would like to be involved in this podcast, please reach out. Information is in the show notes. Thank you, Lewis. Life between buildings. Retail placemaking.